the pastor. And uh, Brandon has, Pastor Brandon has afforded me the opportunity to preach here as well. I'm in a preaching class right now too, so it, it serves school and, and work right now. But I'm excited to bring you uh, the Word of God here this morning at Emmaus Road Church. Today, we are going to look at Acts chapter 20, specifically verses 22 through 25. Uh, it's on page 929. There are red Bibles uh, in the seats in front of you. If, you. if you didn't bring a Bible, I encourage you to bring that out. Or if you have an app on your phone, I encourage you to turn to Acts chapter 20. As you're finding it, I want to set up the context of our passage a little bit today in Acts. Our passage today is part of a message that the Apostle Paul speaks to the elders at the church in Ephesus. Acts 20 uh, verse 31 tells us that Paul had sent three years in Ephesus. This was, he spent more time at this church than any of the other early churches in the, in the first century. He was so effective in God's ministry in that time. Acts chapter 19 tells us that all the residents of Asia, the completeness, the full bearing of the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. God worked through Paul very powerfully in his time, those three years in Ephesus. After he left Ephesus, he spent a few months in, in Corinth. He wrote a couple letters to uh, the, the church in Corinth, 1st and 2nd Corinthians as well. He spent some time checking on the church there, but then he was compelled by the Holy Spirit to return to the city of Jerusalem. We can't be fully sure of his reasons, but before he got back to Jerusalem, Paul wanted to speak to the elders at his beloved church of Ephesus, where he spent three years. He wanted to sp speak to the leaders, the elders of the church, one more time. So he sent word for them to meet him at the city of Miletus, and that's where our passage in Acts chapter 20 takes place. Acts 20, beginning at verse 22, reading in the name of the Lord. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Let's pray. We'll take a deeper look at Paul's parting words to these elders. Father God, we come to you longing to experience the power of your word, of your love, your strength, and your grace in our lives. In this time, Holy Spirit, I pray you would come. Help me to be faithful to your word, to speak in your power. Grant us all ears to hear your word and hearts to believe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in our passage, Paul's closing words, if you look again at verse 25, they say, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. He's about to go on this journey to Jerusalem. He doesn't know anything about what awaits him there other than that He's led by the Holy Spirit. The, the word in our text is he's constrained by, he's bound by this following to the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit has revealed to him that the threats of imprisonment and affliction are what await him. Sounds like a nice vacation. Let's go to Jerusalem. That's what the Holy Spirit has revealed that awaits him. But he's going to go. 
So he gathers this group of elders, not sure if he will ever see them again, but he addresses them as if it's the last time that he will, that he will see them. He gives them this final, meaningful message. These are his parting words. Think about the significance that we give to parting words. We just experienced this just last week. Pastor Paul Lang and his wife Betty, who's here today. You're back. That's great. Just last week, we celebrated uh, the nearly 15 years of ministry that they had been at Emmaus Road Church here. And Pastor, Pastor Paul gave last week his final message as a pastor of Emmaus Road Church. I spoke with so many of you. I had so many conversations last week of how keyed in so many of you were to be here, to hear Paul's final message, whether he's been your pastor for the past 15 years that was here or some, some other period of time that you've been coming here since he's been here. But you wanted to be here to hear the final words that he had to bring to you, right? Paul's passage here bears that same weight. These elders were gathered to hear this final charge that Paul had, the last words that he would say to them in the final time that he would see them on earth. Within those words, he tells them, I think verse 24 is really the crux of his message. I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. This verse tells us, these words of Paul tell us that the most precious and valuable thing in our lives should be the good news of the grace of God, which we have received in Jesus Christ. That is his life's purpose. That is the course of his life. It's the race that he is running. It's his purpose. Paul's testimony to the gospel of grace was a more compelling purpose than anything else he could have had or, or hoped to have on earth. Telling others of this gospel of grace in service to God is of more value than his own well-being and life. That's why even, even though imprisonment and affliction face him, he's going to Jerusalem because he's been filled with this purpose to share of the grace that has been given to him. Even if he would die, he would rather tell others about God's grace and face death than live in a safe, unthreatened comfort and keep that message of God's grace all to himself. How does that grip you? Are you there with Paul? We just sang not too long ago, I lay me down. I'm not my own. I belong to you alone, God. Hand on my heart. This much is true. There's no life apart from you. That's the core in Paul's message here. It's of more worth to live my life for the purpose of God's grace, to share of that grace than it could be for anything else. There's no life. There's no hope of life without that. Paul includes this emphatic statement in his parting words because he knows that believers will face the challenge. Since then, in the first century, especially now in, in 21st century society that we live in, we will face the challenge of choosing comfort, the things that this world has to offer, rather than choosing to be faithful to the grace of God, the free grace of God that has been given to us. Paul is warning his listeners in, the, in these final words against falling to the temptation of earthly comfort. Paul is warning us that we can care more about our own personal well-being on earth than the eternal well-being of those who have not heard the gospel. 
Most of us in 21st century life as Christians, we don't live in nearly as threatening context as the early church did. We're not going to walk out the door today and face a firing squad. That's, that's not the context in which we live. We are free to gather and worship our God in, in this country. Praise God for that. But we more commonly combat a fear of social anxiety or acceptance within our circle, more so than a fear of death. And we can still succumb to that fear. Not all of us are called to bring the gospel to, to hostile regions, to face death in the Middle East or in Asia, where we, where we truly could face significant persecution. But some of you in this room might be. Someday you might be. Not all of us are called to be missionaries or pastors or church workers as a, as a formal vocation, with a, with a formal title. Never mind those titles. We all have roles in our lives. We might be a parent, a child, an employee, a boss, a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, a citizen, a spouse. We might have gifts like a, an athlete, a musician, an artist. We might be a teacher or a student. The list could go on and on and on. We have many roles that we can fill in this life. We can be all of them and more. And most often, we're more than one of these at a given time. If any of those words behind you on the screen, and this is in a, in a handout as well, it was, uh, it was in your bulletins. I have extras in the back and, and up here if you'd like to take this. This is from a book uh, called Visual Theology by, by Tim Chalice. Um, just, just kind of framing the roles, the work as a follower of Christ that we have. Any of those roles in our life that I just listed, if, if among them we can title ourselves as Christian or as follower of Christ, how, however you want to say it, however, however it makes most sense to you in your mind that you're following Christ. I'm suggesting to you, follower of Christ, in this passage, that Paul is saying if you are truly living a life transformed by the work of Jesus, if you have experienced his gift of grace in your life, then we are to consider how we are able to testify to the grace of Jesus Christ in these varied roles to the people with whom we have influence in this life on earth. This is how we live our life to the fullest, in service to God. This is the purpose that Paul is getting at, that he counts greater than even his own life. All of us should be able to testify to the gospel of grace, to the ones around us, our neighbors, friends, classmates, coworkers, even strangers in our daily lives. At this point, some of you might be saying, whoa, 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 this isn't for me, this wasn't the deal, this wasn't what I signed up for. Salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, that whole thing involves talking to other people about Jesus. That's what you're telling me? That was fine for the Apostle Paul and for Jesus' disciples. And Matt, you're doing pretty all right talking about it right now. I like it better when Pastor Brandon preaches, but it'll be next week. You guys got it covered. I'm, you guys got it. I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm here to tell you today, I don't think that's how this passage frames our lives. According to this passage, I don't think any of us who are living in God's gift of salvation by grace through our faith in Jesus Christ are exempt from testifying to others about that good news of God's grace. 
There might be some of you in here who, who, who don't realize, who, have, who haven't accepted this gift of God's grace, and you're looking around saying, ah, oh, you suckers, living in grace. I'm good. I'm off, the, I'm off the hook. Today would be a great day for you to enter in to the gift of God's grace. We're going to experience Holy Communion later today. When we've received this gift of grace, our purpose is to share it with those that we experience in these many faceted roles of our lives. This isn't easy. Paul tells us in many of his other writings in the New Testament that the Christian life is going to come with struggles and trials in this world. He's, he's upfront about that. He doesn't say that it's going to be rainbows and unicorns and bounding through meadows. Because of these struggles, we aren't perfect in sharing this gift of grace to others. Sometimes we're fearful. Sometimes we are selfish. Sometimes we are just lazy. Sometimes we choose our own comfort and well-being in this world and the eternal well-being of those around us who don't know this gift of God's grace. I'm here to tell you today there's hope, and we can praise God that this testimony of his grace does not rely on our own strength. Jesus has redeemed us in our broken, sinful, selfish, comfort-loving state through his death on a cross and his resurrection from the dead. He set aside the comforts of heaven and he came to this earth to endure the most shameful and painful death that we can imagine. He is our example in this purpose in our lives. He is, his example is why we don't need to be fearful or selfish or consider our lives of more worth than the gospel of his grace. Paul writes about the Holy Spirit in, in this passage in Acts 20. It's the working of the Holy Spirit within us. That same spirit that Paul experienced in verse 22 that he was constrained by or bound to. We're not left to our own devices and strength. If we have realized this gift of grace in Jesus Christ, then our life's purpose, more than any comfort, achievement, or material gain that we could have in this world, is to testify to the grace that we have received, to share that good news. So how can we know that this is our purpose, to testify to the gospel of God's grace? I just referenced it, but we're going to dive in a little deeper. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not anything we could do. It's not anything we could earn. It's not even of our own strength. It's by the power of the gift of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. A Christian who can wholeheartedly agree with the lyrics of that song that we just sang, I lay me down, I'm not on my own. I belong to you alone. You're not speaking that over, out of any power or strength that you could conjure up out of yourself. That's the Holy Spirit. If you can fully agree with those lyrics, fully submit to that idea that no matter the cost, no matter what is asked of you, that your life belongs to Jesus, that you will follow him, and his will, that's the idea that Paul is getting at in Acts 20. My life is worth nothing compared with the greatness of the grace of God. If you agree with that, what you're really saying is that Jesus is Lord. He is ruling and reigning in your life, and you submit to his rule and reign. You submit to his direction for you. 
Paul explains that we're able to even say this phrase. We're able to even declare that Jesus is Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit in saying that Jesus is Lord, we are confessing to God we can't solve our problem, our sin and brokenness on our own. We need his redemption through the blood of his son. We need him to be our Lord, to rule and reign in our lives. We say Jesus is Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit in the same way that Paul speaks about being constrained by, being bound to the Holy Spirit in Acts 20 and 22. It's, it's, it's part of the package. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are enabled to submit to the will of God, declaring Jesus is leader and Lord in our lives. It's in this power that Paul and we together are built up in courage to cast aside these earthly fears, to set aside worldly, uh, worldly comfort, our earthly desires, so that we can testify to God's gospel of grace. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. The second way we can know that our life's purpose is to testify to the gospel of God's grace is that because of this power of the Holy Spirit, we have received a new life in Jesus Christ. We're going to jump to Romans 8, starting at verse 5. The verses are up on the screen. Starting at verse 5, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, those who believe, who have this grace through faith in Jesus Christ, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. If we are living in the Holy Spirit, if we are living a life that declares Jesus is Lord, he is first and foremost in my life, I submit to his will, the plan that he has for me. We've renounced a life of being rooted in the things of the flesh. We have embraced this new life filled with the Spirit. This is at the heart of what Paul brings to us in this passage. Verse 24, I do not account my life as any value nor precious to myself. Paul has cast aside these things of the flesh, the, the wealth and power, the things the world has to offer. His, his comfort, his care, his physical being, they're worthless in comparison to the grace of Jesus Christ. The gains of this world, the things that we could have, material possessions or power or wealth, they are not what should drive our passions, our gifts, how we fulfill those roles that we can have in life. Those should not be our incentive for having those relationships or roles. Rather, we should see each of those roles as an opportunity to testify to the grace of God that we have experienced. So we know that the, our purpose of life is to testify to this gospel of grace in that the power of the Holy Spirit is in us, that we declare Jesus is Lord. We have also received new life in Christ. Thirdly, we know that our life's purpose to testify to the gospel of grace it's because we have been made the children of God. 
because we have this new life in the spirit of Jesus Christ, we are no longer living in the flesh. We can declare, it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives within me. We sang a song with that lyric in it before too. It come, it, it's rooted in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. The preacher and the worship leader really worked things out. They were really mind meld this week. Ah. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. That's an amazing thing to declare. It is Christ who lives within me. If that is true, and he's the son of God, then that would make us the children of God. Heirs to the gospel of his grace. Salvation and eternal life in the work of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6 say that he... God predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. That is our purpose, the praise of his glorious grace, to declare the gospel of grace in Jesus Christ. Paul writes, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course, my purpose, my race, the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. By grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we have received his gift of salvation, are built up by the power of the Holy Spirit to declare that Jesus is Lord, to renounce a life of the flesh and instead to receive new life in Jesus Christ, as sons and daughters of God. We don't do this out of, out of fear or compulsion. That's not what's driving Paul in this passage. That's not why he's confident to face fear and death, because he thinks it's, he's going to face fear either way. It's not anything that we can earn. I'm not suggesting that we gain our salvation by testifying to God's grace. That's, that's already been done. It's good news, though. The gospel of his grace is to be shared. Do you desire the other people in your life to know about this grace? It comes from the outpouring of this gift of grace that has been given to us by God. We're led to cast aside pursuit of earthly comforts, the things of the flesh, the fears that might be holding us back. What's this person going to think of me if I start talking Jesus to them? Can you set aside that fear today? Will you rely on the power of the Holy Spirit? Will you rely on the outpouring of joy in the grace that has already been given to you to overwhelm those fears, those hesitations. To share this news of his grace. This is the purpose for the Christian life on earth. You might be saying that, that sounds great, Matt. Those words on the screen, those words in a Bible, they look really good on paper. What does that look like in my life? I can't tell you exactly what that looks like in your life. You have so many varied roles that we, talk, that we talked about before. But that's exciting. Because we as a group, the people who make up this church, together, in our varied roles, in our various gifts, you have far more opportunity than I myself could even with Pastor Brandon, Pastor Paul before us, 
this body, his church, his people, in your roles. That's how we have specific opportunities. And my opportunities are not going to be the same as the ones that Jim has, or the ones that Stephanie has, or the ones that Dwight has, or the ones that June has. You have different people in your spheres of influence than I do. You have relationship with them. You have opportunity to share this gospel of grace with them. I don't know what you're going to be called to to set aside. I don't know what you're going to be called to, to leave behind in this life for the purpose of the gospel of his grace. I can tell you what it looked like in, in our life, in the life of my family. We've been in DeWitt for about 10 months. We came here one of my friends put it, well, Matt, you're, you're moving here to work at a church for a part-time job. It's a part-time job. Your wife doesn't have a job yet so that you can, you can work this part-time job, go to school full-time, be a stay-at-home dad to your kids. You're going to move away from the city that you've lived in for the past 15 years, the city that your wife's lived in her whole life, the city that your kids' grandparents are in, you're going to leave all that behind. Because there's work to be done here. So with that, we went. We came. I, di I didn't know anything else for certain at all. I, Emily didn't even see our house here till. uh we moved in. <laughs> she, she trusted me to come and, and pick out a house. I remember talking with our, our mortgage broker uh, about the house, saying, I've got a job, and it's part-time, and it's 25 hours a week, and, and I, don't, I don't know if you believe in, in God or, or his provision, but I'm, I'm telling you that I know right now. I know we're just applying to be pre-approved, but like, my wife's going to get a full-time job. I don't know if you can like, put that on the application that that's going to happen, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fully convinced that it is. <laughs> um, and she, she, is all, she is a believer, and, and she was very gracious, and she was like, yeah, but the people don't normally come to me like that. And here we are 10 months later, a part of this family, this, this body of believers, so encouraged built up in the work that God is doing here. I don't, tell you, I don't tell you this story so that you'll think, oh, wow, Matt, he's just like the Apostle Paul in that story. That's so cool. <laughs> he trusted God and followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. Wow. That's not the point. I am like Paul in that I'm the worst of sinners and that Jesus Christ came into the world to save me just as he did each and every one of you. Because I'm humbled and amazed by that reality, that gift of grace each and every day. That's why we came here. That's why we trusted in his calling. That's why I'm compelled to testify, to tell about the gospel of his grace. I pray you are too. So Father God, enter in in this time. In the words that your son gave to his disciples, just as the Father sent him, 
So now send us to leave behind a life of comfort. We're not filled with a spirit of fear, but a spirit of freedom to testify to the glory of your grace. We thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, that the work is finished. You conquered sin and death in the grave so that we could have hope. We could have hope of eternal life. We could be filled by the power of your Holy Spirit to, to know that, to be sealed with that promise, but also to go out of the outpouring of that hope, out of that joy, to share it with those who have not yet seen or heard. Fill us with your love for the world that you so loved that you sent your only son to die. Thank you for including us in your work, your purpose for our lives. May we be faithful to it. In the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray.